0: Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out: How to Grow Your Organizational and Productivity Practice, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. With every episode, we're going to learn from subject matter experts who can help you build your business in areas like marketing, HR, and finance. We'll also introduce you to business owners who are out there just like you are, and we'll learn from their successes and challenges. Please welcome Welcome your host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan.
1: Hello, welcome to another great episode of Standout, the podcast all about growing your organizing and productivity business. I'm Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer and your host. Today, we're taking it back to the basics. In past episodes, we've talked with professional organizers who, after years in business, discovered their actual passions lied in organizing or productivity niches, from corporate coaching to productivity consulting, time management, and everything in between. But today's guest started out in residential organizing, and after 18 years, she still loves getting down and dirty with her clients, helping them organize their homes. Sure. She offers coaching services and is no stranger to speaking to large audiences, either on stage or on camera, but it's all about residential organizing all the time. Standalyn Robertson is an organizing expert, speaker, and writer. She founded her business, Things in Place, in the year 2000. Through her workshops, one on one coaching, events, and media appearances, she has connected with thousands of individuals and organizations and has been featured in Here We Go. New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, Women's Day, USA Today, The Boston Globe, CBS Boston, NPR, and the AE Emmy nominated show Hoarders. Let's just to name a few. It's <laughs> awesome when you start a business as a generalist and then grow into a specific niche of organizing or productivity. But today, we're gonna pick Standalin's brain about what it's like to still be in love with residential organizing, how she's grown as a business owner professional organizer, and what challenges she's faced these past 18 years and how she's overcome it all to still be in business today. Standalone, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here.
1: Yay. We are so excited to have someone with your experience here because you have a wealth of knowledge that I hope we can unpack in the next, oh, 45, 50 minutes. Okay. Let's go. All right. So why don't you start by telling us about your story? How did you discover the career path of professional organizing and then why you decided to start your own business?
2: Okay. I love this question. (laughs) When I was in high school, and this is a lot of years ago, I was in high school. I described this. I don't, I definitely didn't use the word professional. I think I said something about, and I, I think I may have said organizing i'm not sure but i described how i would and i'm describing this to a mentor that who's helping me with my career path and i'm saying i am going to be uh this is years before napo was ever even created okay yeah. so i'm describing that i'm going to go in i'm going to do the kitchen i'm going to do the cabinets that person who happened to be a male i don't know if that's connected looked at me and said What you're describing is a wife. And Ah. I, oh, I know, I know. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm going to do it and then go home. Correct. (laughs) And of course he was like, you know, probably rolled his eyes like that doesn't exist young lady. <laughs> so that that was the beginning of the path. And then of course when I after he reminded me that does not exist, I did other things, but it was always the part of my job. When I I owned a gift shop, I, I was more interested in organizing the stock room or do organizing the shelves mm-hmm. than I was the actual sale. You know what I mean? And I would be really upset like I got a system here. Why aren't people you know following the system of how things should be <laughs> So it, it just kept creeping up and creeping up. And then I read an article. You know what? Before I read the article, I started back when there was CompuServe. Mm-hmm. There were these organizers, and they know who they are. They were on CompuServe, and they were sharing all of these ideas and stuff. And I, was, I would literally take the page and print it out. I had this big, giant binder. Of these chats or these email and we only had numbers back then they would sign but CompuServe was only your address was like 452 CompuServe or something like that you know so for me reading that article I read an article early I guess it was the 90s I read an article in the New York Times and I said I'm doing this and I just I went to conference and never met another organizer and there's a great story Around me not meeting another organizer and showing up at this conference. What what is that story? Okay, I'll tell you let's I'll give you the short version I've said the long when I was NAPO president. I fessed up and told the story But basically I had a roommate that was from another state. I'd never met her. She was arriving late I get into the room early And I go to sleep, she arrives, I don't know, 11 or 12 at night, and I hear her like moving stuff around and like pushing furniture and stuff. So I'm laying there kind of in the dark with my eyes closed going, (laughs) oh my goodness, I am such a loser. She's right. We should have moved that desk to the other side of the room. Oh, why didn't I think to move the chair? You know, I am sitting there beating myself up like, how can I be here with all of these Incredible people. The next day, when I finally meet her, she said, Oh, I apologize. I'm so sorry. I lost my contact last night and I was (laughs) looking for it. So here I was laying there going, I messed up. The room should have been rearranged. You know, why didn't I do it before she got here? Blah, blah, blah. So there you have it.
1: Oh my gosh. You know, it's so funny. We do that to ourselves all the time. We, we compare ourselves before we even know the half of it. So that's actually a really great lesson for our listeners. You know,
2: it is. And I, and I continue that transparency of, oh my goodness look, you know, these people that I had on such a high level and didn't feel like I was worthy to be with them. They knew exactly, you know, the perfect filing system, the perfect everything. And I was so nervous about just being in the, I was at a breakfast one morning at a conference, a, not a NAPO conference, but it was a professional organizing conference. And someone came down and said, oh my goodness, I have to resist the urge not to make up my bed in the hotel. And I'm thinking like, are you kidding? A hotel? I'm not going to make up the bed. You know what I mean? It's like, it didn't even cross my mind to make up the bed. And then that little message of, yes, you're still an organizer. If you don't care if the bed's a little messy, you know what I mean? So I like telling those stories because I want everyone to understand that you're still an awesome organizer. If you do it your way, in your style, with your twist. Look at you
1: already sharing wisdom with us, and I don't think we're more than ten <laughs> minutes into this interview. <laughs> I love it. But- That's so important. Oh it really, my goodness! Really is. Yes. Yes. Especially to our new—I mean, I don't know—our new organizers and those who are seasoned. I mean, we're always looking to improve, so you just got to keep the eye on your own game because we're all different and we're all lucky. Yes. And yeah,
2: that's right. That's yes. right. I love hearing you. We have to keep reinforcing that for new organizers. I want them to bring in their own style, do it their way. That's where they're going to shine. Absolutely. Is- And it can
1: build up our industry too. If we have the same mold all the time, I mean, it's going to get old and flat real quick. So
2: Right. Yes. Yes. For me, it was so important, you know, like always be at the job on the clock. Don't show up too early because they're still eating breakfast. Right. Be there right on. And then once I was in Boston and I couldn't find the parking space and I'm driving around, driving around and it was for a new client. I'm thinking, oh, first impression. Oh, this is horrible. The end of the world. And I got there and the client, I was... Probably five minutes late, but to an organizer, that's like an hour late. Sure. So I said, he said to me, Oh my goodness, he says, y- just you being a few minutes late really put me at ease. You know what I mean? It Aww. made me more vulnerable, like, yeah, stuff happens to us too, kind of feeling. And so I thought that was really, I'm not saying you should always be late. No, right. <laughs> just being yourself and just saying, Hey, you know, it was a parking space issue. Yeah, and it, that stuff happens. We've all been there. Yes,
1: we've all been yes. there. Okay, so why start your own business? Why not? Did you work for another organizer when you when you decided to do this full time? Or tell us about that. Well,
2: I, remember this is I thought I invented the field. You know <laughs> what I mean? I didn't know anyone else was doing it. I was, you know, I would do it with friends and stuff. Oh, you're selling your house. Let me help you get it ready. You know. Oh, you had a new baby. Hell, let me help you get ready. So. I did I thought I invented the feel so of course I have to have my own you can't go and work for right. someone else if you invented the feel so <laughs> and you know, I'm saying that jokingly because there's lots of us that were in that we're doing this ourselves the internet was a real game changer because then you can start you know what I mean uh, right. clicking on and organizing and realize even back then it was unusual for organizers to have, uh, employees. So you thought your only option was to start your own business.
1: Right. Right. And did you ever think that you would be an entrepreneur and do all those starting businessy type things, or did you have help from someone or talk us through that whole, the actual setting up of the business?
2: Well, I had owned a gift shop for years okay. where I did in Florida, where in Orlando, where I did have employees. So I was used to having accountants, bookkeepers, you know, tax statuses. I was used to having workers' comp and things like that. And there was a time in my business as an organizer that I had employees. And again, I knew what work. Workers' comp was insurances and all of that. So, because I had had other businesses in the past, that was not. It wasn't a situation where I had never worked for myself. And now I have two things. I want to be a professional organizer, and I want to run a business. Right. I had, yeah, I had done it in the past, and that uh, made that part less daunting mm-hmm. for me to be uh, able to do those things on my own and be self-motivated. But I still had situations where, um, I had to, you know, learn lessons about what you make and what it takes to run a business and all of that, that I had to be reminded of again.
1: Right, right. Like every industry yeah. is different and pay structures are different right. and clients are different. And yes. so, right. So, right. So then you mentioned you found NAPO early on. And then for those listeners who maybe aren't quite sure, NAPO is the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. And for a lot of people, it's really helped them either learn about the industry or once they started their business, it helps them meet other people. So you mentioned NAPO already. So how did it help you in this new business startup uh, transition you found yourself in?
2: Oh, unbelievably. Helpful, and I'll tell you, my I went to a conference right away. Again, remember, I had never met any organizers and never been to a chapter meeting. I show up at this conference. I had been doing it in this bubble. Show up at the conference. I immediately raised my hand to be on what was called uh, Go Week. It wasn't Go Month. It was Go Week, and it was in October. Okay. And I raised my hand to be on that committee with three or four organizers from around the country. So I immediately started volunteering, which is natural for me. I tend to like that and tend to go that route. And it was so, first of all, as much as I love conference, I get my best information in the elevator, you know, talking to someone at lunch or whatever. So those in-person things I think are invaluable. So leadership was very helpful in growing my business because now you're having phone calls with other professionals, you know, committee meetings and that type of thing. So I encourage everyone when you can fit it in the budget, and my goal, and I'll tell you why I worded it like that when you can fit it in the budget and make it work, conference is invaluable for get having relationships that you you I still to this day don't think you can get online, right It's
1: those in person interactions with those who are in our industry in one form or another, we all sort of specialize in different areas yes. of of the of the spectrum, but nonetheless, we're still mostly in the home or offices and and client facing, you know, and.
2: Yes. Yes. And the reason earlier when I said, okay, when it's in the budget, and I don't know if that was the right way to word it, but I remember meeting someone that had been organizing for a lot of years and they showed up at conference and I was like, so surprised they had never been to a conference. And I, I mean, I know I wasn't, purposely you know, like shaming them or one or anything. But I always wondered was my surprise in a, such a way, like, I can't believe you haven't been, the, you know what I mean? Like right. they probably had worked really hard to fit it in the budget to get there. Right. And I was, it's, and I think I was like so surprised that they had just started coming, but had been organizing for five years that I wanted to make sure. And I want to get that message to other organizers at conference let's make sure we don't focus on the four years that they didn't show up and just be happy that they're there because I was so surprised and I'm so excited about NAPO conferences it was like how could you not be here you know what I mean and I meant it all positive but I always wondered did it come across as it may not hurtful but maybe like focusing on all the years they didn't come when I should be so excited that they're there. And so I want to make sure moving forward that people listening to this, that we celebrate they're now here rather than what took you so long.
1: Absolutely. From financial uh, restrictions to um, family, friend, work obligations. I mean, we have no idea. And right, right, right. It was anything really in life. So again, another great point that you're making. So question for you. You've been in business mm-hmm. for 18 years and you started out with residential organizing and now you're still in residential organizing. In that time frame, did you ever try out different niches or have you always been so happy it's never really crossed your mind?
2: Good question. And 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 there's a lot of levels to that. Okay. I started in residential organizing. I was at Universal Studios in a corporate situation as a trainer. Okay. So I pretty much knew that I wanted to do residential organizer. That organizing—that's where my heart was, and I loved it. I didn't even realize there was anything unusual until maybe I don't know year. Let's say year twelve or something. I'm at a conference, and someone said, "You're still doing residential organizing? Why aren't you doing corporate organizing? That's where the money is." Blah 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 blah. And I was like shocked because first of all, I didn't realize that re- there was this grad, you know, that residential was like first grade elementary school. And then you go to, you know, <laughs> junior high and high school. I just assumed that I could stay in resident. So I didn't even realize there was supposedly in some people's mind, this hierarchy of, Oh, you do residential, you know, learn that, uh, craft and then you move on to different things. Mm-hmm. So i And I asked the organizer panel, shared that, and let organizers know that, look, if your heart is in residential, stay in residential. Don't feel like you have to go to corporate. You're not going to make more money if you're unhappy and miserable. And I love desk side. I've worked desk side in corporate situations, you know, doing time management, that type of thing. And I love that. I love that. I don't do it that often. I'm comfortable with that. What I have no interest in doing is these corporate situations where you have a room full of people and you're trying to get everyone to agree on a filing system and all of that. I just have no interest. One-on-one, I love. getting Doing corporate work and doing corporate manuals, all of that, I don't have any interest in that. So I'm sticking with what I know and love, and I want all organizers out there that do residential, don't feel like if you love it, that one day you have to leave it and graduate to the big people stuff. You're doing good work in residential, and we need you there.
1: I love that. And here's the thing, the reason there are niches is because we're all, yes, we love organizing as a general situation whether it's your time or your business or what have you we need all sorts of different people to be out there taking care of the different aspects of life right to help organize and so i i i think this message is super important that no matter what your niche is don't let anyone else influence you if you're happy there are other ways right. to grow your business right
2: yes and and i want to share uh, another level to that because it's something that I've, I have struggled with. In residential itself, there are lots of layers and niches within that. So if you're in residential, that doesn't mean that you can't focus on, you know, financial organizing or photo organizing or ADHD. So there, even In that level you can. Early on, I did a kitchen in my chapter. I did a kitchen for TV and it was really awesome. It was uh, a kosher kitchen and I learned a lot. And in that situation, people start referring me. I became like this kitchen expert. You know, people would bring me in on the job. They would do the rest of the house. They would bring me in for the kitchen because I'm I love cooking, I love kitchens, I understand having three different types of flour, I understand having three or four different types of rices, you know what I mean, I understand that, I've raised kids, I know what it's like to, you know, deal with lunches and have a spot for a lunchbox, so you can, you can be a kitchen, you can be a residential expert and then have a niche within that, it's just finding your passion and doing that. I think it makes all the difference. Absolutely. So
1: can we talk about then that, you know, obviously in 18 years, you've learned a lot and I'm sure you've wanted to grow, whether it's financially or, or whatever those goals were for you. What, what has changed within your business from those first, you know, I don't know, three to five years to where you are now. Did your, did your pay scale raise? Do you have employees? Do you use subcontractors? What's different now?
2: Well, I've tried them all. I lo- I'm a little, I have a little bit of that shiny object thing. I, mm-hmm. if I hear something fun, I like trying it and putting it together. And then I check that box. Okay. I've done that. So I, I, at one point I said, okay, I'm going to have employees. You know, I love putting together, you know, helping hired someone, we put together the handbook. I love setting up, you know, the PowerPoint for my training session and doing all of that. I love that process. And I had employees and it was great, you know, insurance, workers, just doing all of that. I love that type of thing. So I've done everything from being a solopreneur where it was just me to having employees to doing moves with teams of subcontractors, I love them all, and I have made the decision now that I just want it to be me. Every once in a while I'll put together a team if we're doing a project that truly is a team project. But I really like working one-on-one, slow and steady through a process, and sticking with a few clients and really taking them through the process. Starting here with the relationship and having a relationship that lasts years right. and uh, you know keeping that wonderful because over years you get to be you know these people you get friendly with them, you know them, but keeping that relationship where you 're not their friend but still have that friendly relationship over years, I tend to do it with seniors maybe that's maybe that 's the age group that likes that pace but I'm loving it, and I don't regret everything I did in the past, relationship with employees, doing handbooks, doing training with uh, employees, using stuff. All of that brought me to where I am now. I don't work with students, but I had to work with students to understand that, you know what, I don't want to work after school at night, and I don't want to work on Saturday morning. So, you know, learning that was like really helpful for me. I would really rather work with the parent, give the parent the skills and the principles to share with her family and so that's been really ideal for me.
1: Wow, that's a powerful message to those of us who are thinking about it, starting out, and even five years in that it sounds like to me you you took on those those new ideas, you tried them out, but then as soon as the return on investment or your happiness wavered, you went back to what you knew you loved.
2: Yes, yes. I like all of us, we have to keep reminding ourselves. I have a little and a lot of people know this, managing client expectations is really important to me. I've presented at, you know, several conferences in our industry. I I have been writing this book for a really long time. I'm uh, it's one of those things that I start writing and then I get involved in other things. I say yes a lot and, <laughs> and, and, and we put that on the side. But one of the things that I really mentally do, whenever I have like a little feeling inside, whatever, and everyone knows what that feeling they get inside, I will ask myself, okay, so what are you going to do about that? okay, what are you going to do about that? And no matter what the situation is, just rather than be hard on yourself, just say, okay, what are you going to do about that? So when you're working is Saturday and you resent not being with your kids because it's their only day off that week, Mm -hmm. just say, okay, what are you going to do about that? And maybe it is to have a policy you don't work weekends or have a policy that if you work weekends, you're going to charge a uh, double time or time and a half to make it worthwhile not to be there and be able to have a little bit extra to do a nice treat with your kids when you do have a, but whatever it is, figure out what you're going to do about it and, and make the change. That's the only way you're going to be able to grow from a situation Is to just take that moment, and I know exactly. I'm going. I'm not even sure why I'm having that feeling, but once I identify what it is, I immediately go, "Okay, what are you going to do about it? Take action. Take action." When I was, uh, I said, "Man, I haven't looked at my website in a long time. I'm going to be talking to Sarah. I should see what's on my (laughs) website." So I went to my website and looked, and I saw something that was like a date that I'm going okay, it's, I haven't looked at my website and looked at that particular page in a while. It says I've been organizing for this many years. Well, I've been organizing a lot longer than that now. So what are my choices? I either can have a checklist so that once a year I re- it, make sure I review every page. Maybe it's I hire someone else to do that. Maybe it's that I change the wording on that particular thing so that it's timeless. But rather than fret over it, Okay, what are you going to do to change, make it happen? Dude, what are you going to do about it? Ask yourself that.
1: Right, because otherwise it'll just keep looming over your head and be that weight exactly. on you. That's and how right. do you move forward if you if you just feel weighted down? So I love that. Take care of it if it's bugging you. That's why we're business owners so that we That's can- That's right make our own decisions. So that's, that's a great reminder. So um, we're going to take a really quick break. We've got a great message from NAPO, but when we get back, I have a question that I know all of our listeners want to know. So stick with us. We'll be right back.
0: The National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals is proud to offer NAPO University's live webinars. These webinars are offered several times each year. Many of NAPO University's courses are also available on demand which enables students to purchase them and then watch or listen at any time. We have more than 140 courses ranging from starting an organizing business to productivity chain assessment and everything in between. Visit napo.net to learn more.
1: All right, we are back. I have Standalyn Robertson here with me, a residential organizer who has been in business for the past 18 years, and she is still doing that thing that she loves, which is residential organizing. So, Standalyn, I have to ask you, is it still profitable? People say, you know, you like you said, there's this, like, this theory or this thought that we have to graduate in order to make more money, but I'm assuming you're still in it because you're still in business. Business means making money. So, can we talk about that? Is that okay?
2: Yes. Yes, Yay. we can. Great. So, so, so yeah. Okay. So, uh, when I early on, let's say early on in residential, I did all my math, figured out, you know, what I wanted for vacation time, how I was going to use that time, when I was going to use subs, when I, you know, all of that. And when I did that, I was working, I said, I, I don't have to do four-hour sessions. If I did three-hour sessions, I could do three a day. I could go nine to 12, then I can have a lunch break. And, you know, of course, I'm eating in my car, going to the next job, which was one, the four, and then I can have one from five to eight. So I was doing that and working, you know, and it was, I was young, it was cool. But then I realized I was burned out. I was burned out from that particular situation, working that much. So how can I work smarter? Does it involve doing more speaking? Does it involve me, uh, taking some things that, you know, what could I, bringing in other people, having subs, maybe sending out people on a job and getting, so I started looking at a lot of, and and I tried a lot of different things to get my perfect mix, but one of the things that really stuck with me was, I kept, and this was a big thing. You go to conference, hear about six figures. Oh, six. There was this magic thing about six figures that was, oh, you got to... And then when you look deeply at a lot of situations you would hear, you realize that when someone is saying that, they're really talking about gross. They haven't paid any of their subs. You know what I mean? They haven't taken that into consideration. They haven't taken insurance in the consideration. They may not even have health insurance in these situations. They don't, haven't thought about retirement. They haven't thought about uh, rainy day money. They haven't thought about all of the things. I remember coming home with this really fat check from a big job and just showing, you know, with attitude, showing it to my husband, look at how much I made. And he just looked at me and go, you didn't make that much. I mean, you brought home that much, but don't think you made that much. You know, you got to think about how much of that is going to taxes. You got to think, of, you know, other people helped you on that job. That money's going to come out of there. And then when I started pulling away the layers, I realized that it's much more complicated than you think. So stop being, you know, having that uncomfortable feeling when, you know, you're surrounded with people and they're going, oh, six figures. There may be more to that story than we know.
1: That circles back so, to that same lesson you talked about earlier. We just, we don't know anyone's story. We just, you got to focus on yourself and, and right. are you making ends meet plus some so that you can stay in business and enjoy your life and all that stuff. Yes.
2: Right. Yes. Some of, the, some of the things that I'm most proud of in life and any job is saying to someone, do you have stuff set aside for a rainy day? Have you thought about your retirement? And enough people in our industry, I still don't think they're thinking about that. They're thinking about what they made this week. And you know. And it's great to be able to cover your phone bill and your website. But what about your future? What about your retirement? Are you putting money away for your retirement?
1: Right, right. And those are just, you know, I want to call them basic business, uh, uh, pieces, but no one teaches you that, right? Like, especially if you don't have a business background. So I think this is really important. If, if you haven't thought about this, if you think about going into business, just remember to build this into your hourly. And so all those pieces of the pie can go to these aspects of your business.
2: Yes. yes. So you can better under, you can better understand this. Like Oftentimes people say, I charge this much an hour now, three times as much as I got from work when I was in a corporate situation. Right. But then you have to point out, but in your corporate situation, the company was paying this into this pot, this into that pot, covering your medical, covering your social security, you know what I mean? Putting all of that in. Now you're making more per hour. It is your responsibility to fill all of those pots.
1: Absolutely. Such a great reminder. So then
2: help us understand. So when you do residential
1: organizing, you're often on your knees, you're in attics, you're in garages, you are in on ladders and kitchen cabinets. So after 18 years, how do you not get burn out and how do you still make enough money to feed all those pots it, what what did you mentioned that you tried everything what ended up working for you
2: working for me one on one with clients and not doing three I'm no longer doing three a day gotcha two a day taking on bigger jobs having a uh, reoccurring clients has really been helpful because now i'm not going out and marketing so much mm-hmm. because i'm keeping clients rather than trying to keep getting clients so that actually gives me more billable hours because i'm not i'm not out networking all, <laughs> as much because now i just show up and we we, I, people say to me, you are built into my budget. They <laughs> expect me to be there until the day they die. And so I love that. So having the steady, having, uh, having the ability to say, I'm not taking new clients now and staying focused. And that, I now have something that money cannot buy. And that is a stress-free life not on the highway in traffic all the time, choosing situations and rooms that I want to be in, that I feel comfortable breathing in, being around situations that aren't toxic. I mean, I have two sons. One day, maybe I'll have grandkids, and I want to be around to see and hear and talk to those grandkids. So all of that, to me, has a value. It may not be a monetary value, but it has a real important value to me, peace of mind. All of that is so important to me. I so that. I don't know if that answered your question. It does. But for, yeah, okay, good, because uh, I think that that's an important lesson for every organizer to understand that in addition to, yeah, it's really good to say, uh, look at all of the money I made this year. But what did it cost you? What did that amount of money cost? If like you're really stressed out, when I talk to organizers, I'm coaching someone and they're all stressed out. It's like, okay, so what are you going to do about it? You know, what are you going to do? Is that really uh, the life you want? And that was to me really an important message or lesson that I learned, an important message I love sharing.
1: Right, because what is the trade-off with those, you know, three sets of three hour days or, or working. I was eating dinner
2: and lunch in my car. You know what I mean? I was literally, I mean, there was probably times that I was driving with my leg holding Uh, a sandwich. You know what I mean? It was that. And it, you know, was nice. The money was nice, but not at at the expense. And I don't, I certainly don't want the message to be that you can't make a lot of money. I'm saying figure out what it is you want to do and how you can, do it on your terms, and don't underestimate the value of peace of mind, stress-free situations, happiness, having fun, humor, laughing on a job, just being in a really good situation, rather than, I'm so stressed out, I can't even figure out how to do my billing. You know what I mean? Right. I I I like when people figured that out. I did something that I I think it was a real turning point for me. I uh a lot of people know that I donated one of my kidneys to my mother. I donated one of my kidneys to my mother in 2012. Oh my. So that was an opportunity. I literally you know, here I am, a healthy person, and now I'm getting ready to have a six-hour surgery to, you know, remove an organ from my body. But that gives you an a that's a real time to reflect on what's important to you. And so now that I have one kidney, I'm I'm more sensitive about it, uh, being and maybe someone's basement and inhaling certain things. I don't want anything that could uh, hurt the one kidney that I have. So that was a real turning point for me. And yes, I am proud of my recycling as an organizer to be able to take one of my organs and give them to someone else. So I, Every good organizer knows if you have two, you can probably give one away. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: It, it, I feel like the overarching theme to your episode here, Sandalyn, is to be authentic. Be who, be what you need to be to be happy for yourself, for your family. And yes, take in that outside uh, stimulus about other organizers are doing or whatever you read. But if it doesn't work for you, then it's, it doesn't matter.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am... You hit it right on the nose and I try to make that. I still, you know, I've been president of NAPO, president of BCPO. I've been on the ICD board and I volunteer a lot. But well, it comes right down to it. What's really important is that I get out the message to organizers is be yourself if you, you make sure that that shows up and I think I came into the organization because you know there really wasn't the internet to use per se to kind of get a feel for things I came into this like oh my goodness these are organ. I remember the first time I heard an organizer say let's say uh uh a curse word. I was like, oh my goodness, I can't, you know what I mean? It's like because I had them on such a high level that it was yeah. like <laughs> they're oh, real <laughs> right, 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 right. They're real people. So yeah, to just be yourself and realize there's a I see my first client now at 10 o'clock. And it isn't because I get up late. I actually get up early, but I love laying around and having coffee, being mindful, meditating, having this great morning, seeing my first client at 10 o'clock. I love that now. And And before I I would have thought, you know, oh, I guess organizers are chipper. They see their first client, you know, at eight. So not me. That's
1: right. First client at
2: 10. You can do what you want to do as long as you're
1: serving your client. So I, that's,
2: that's right. It. I work with creative types. So, you know, they love the idea of starting at 10. I love the idea of avoiding the tra- LA traffic if I were to start earlier. So make your business your own, figure out how it works for you. Do what you want to do. Wow. I think that's very important.
1: Um, let's talk about your journey with the a and TV show Hoarders. I don't want to not talk about that. So How did that come to be? Talk about that journey. What did it do for your
2: business? I was, uh, I was recommended by another organizer to the uh, producers to take a, a, a look. And I got a phone call and we talked on the phone and I had to do a, what I will call like a screen test. I had to do like a video and send it in for A&E to see. And I had never done anything like that. And I wanted to talk about, you know, being an organizer and talk about, you know, myself. And uh, at the time I owned two vintage campers, you know, so I talked about how, you know, it seems like I was a little bit of a collector starting collect all these vintage campers. And so uh, doing that, did that. And then you, you do a job and you see if, if you're a right fit. I was picked for one and I, and I did it. I enjoyed it again. You know, it's residential. I, I love those types of situations. So I did one in, oh my goodness. I think I was in My first one was in Columbus, Ohio. Oh my goodness. Hi
1: Matt. Very cool.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, i worked with local organizers at the time. So th- here's a great opportunity for me to say this. And it is once you're on a show, people know you're on the show. When people hire you, you know, they think you're magic and that, and, you know, 30 minutes that your house is going to be TV ready. And so you're, you're, there's that constant struggle of managing client expectations to say, just because you see, you know, 30 years worth of stuff go away in an hour on TV doesn't mean 30 years of stuff is going to go away when we're working together. Right. I can say for my show, and I feel confident that it probably happens on other shows, we are working with local organizers. So I am the person, the on-screen expert, but I may have three or four organizers and you know 10 family members helping on that project right and so if yes i can recreate that in a team situation where you know we do this in three days with 15 people but i'm not sure that's what you want you want the result but you don't you probably don't want 15 people to come into your house for one weekend so i think that helping people understand that it, it takes a lot longer to go through stuff than what it does on TV has been a little bit of a struggle because they've seen me on TV and think that I have this magic bullet.
1: Right. Right. But I, but it, I would venture to say that between hoarders and all of the articles that you've lended your expertise mm-hmm. to that all these things really help round out your professionalism and your expertise. So although you do have to manage client expectations, putting yourself out there in the media, it has to be helpful for your business, right?
2: Yes. Yes. It is helpful. Be e- Even if they don't read the articles and the if someone go, oh, woman's day, she's been in woman's day. And that, and a lot of that has to do with and i want people to know this a lot of that has to do with me volunteering in the industry mm-hmm. volunteering in being napo president being it, it, being bcpo all of those things are attractive to uh media outlets because it, it is that one more level of you being an expert right. so things come your way because of that volunteer commitment. So in addition to all of the press that I've gotten on my home on my own from being residential and being regional things, a lot of the national stuff is because of my presence In the volunteering and leadership in the industry
1: right now you've mentioned this acronym twice now and for our listeners who um, may not know what is BCPO
2: oh that's Board of uh, Certification for Professional Organizers talk about that what is that oh okay so everyone knows about being a professional organizer at, at some point but You can take it another level by becoming certified. You are, it's, you're taking a test. You, uh, you're preparing for that test. You're gathering hours. It really puts you in a position to uh, quickly demonstrate your professionalism Your industry credential by saying, I have gone through this level of training, hands on organizing to become a professional or a a certified professional organizer.
1: Very good. And so then the board, that's so that you are involved with helping with that certification process, is that correct?
2: Yes. Now, uh, the leadership, what we do is we're a governing body for this. This is an industry-wide credential. This is something any professional organizer, you do not have to be a NAPO member to do that. And, and you can be in any part of the world. You prepare for this. So I really like to tell new organizers, when you start off, start logging start logging your hours, hmm. start logging your uh, education. These are all things that you can use. Once you start logging and keeping track of all of this, by tracking it, whether you become a certified professional organizer or not, you have the opportunity to see your growth, to see where you are going in this industry and you will quickly see that once you go through this process how easy the whole becoming a certified professional organizer can be so I would say we use the track method which is that you want to train mm. and then you want to read and do your resources then you want to apply and then you want to certify and then keep that process going. Continue to take CEUs, continuing education units. Continue to grow in your business. And it's really helpful because it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you fresh. I feel motivated to uh, know that, yes, I'm going to keep going to conferences. Yes, I'm going to keep growing because that is my cert- keeping up my certification is important to me.
1: Very interesting. So this is a great way to elevate our business from the industry side and show our clients that we are serious about our craft. I love it. Yes. Great. So what are your plans for the future? I know that you said you've, you've decided to just go back to one-on-one. Are you doing a lot of speaking? Are you really just focusing on that
2: hands-on residential
1: work? What's in the future for you and your business?
2: I'm going to keep with my one on one, keep my focus on that, you know, uh long term client, the client that wants to go through that process, whether or not it's just reducing the clutter clutter in their home, whether or not it's to start the downsizing process, just keep with putting systems in place that will take them as they age and continue to age in place. How can they continue to make their home work? How they can continue to make living on their own work by being organized. And we all know that being organized is the secret to pretty much any transition. That's right. It sure is. Yes. Okay, Dandelion, at the end of every episode, I like to ask
1: my guests to leave our audience with two sticky notes. So two uh, high impact pieces of advice that our listeners can implement into their business, if not today, this week, this month, but something that they can do pretty much immediately to make a big difference in their business. What two sticky notes would you leave our listeners with?
2: boy this is hard okay (laughs) so when i talk about uh managing client expectations one of the things i talk about in that process is to talk walk do and review so that means when you're with the client you're going to be talk which is just talking you're going to be walking just walking around and talking you're going to do, you're going to be hands on and then review. Again, you're just talking and walking around. That is the confidence you need to know that you're going to continue to be paid on your wisdom. So your wisdom has value. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we think we have to be doing busy work and moving our hands and doing all of that, you know, uh, touching stuff in order to get paid you can be paid for your wisdom Ugh. so <laughs>
1: that's, that's really high impact because i think that's really easy to forget we want to we want to have all we want to give value to our clients but i love that you're making a step back talk review walk yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a really yes. good contract yes yep.
2: yes talk walk do review that's your process all we'll right talk to talk to them on the phone, you talk to them when you get to the house, you do some stuff, and then you review. So having people in our industry know you can get paid for your wisdom, I think is very important. And the other thing, of course, is to be yourself and let you shine through. Let you shine through. Ah, So
1: good, Sandalin. Where can our listeners hang out with you? Are you hanging out on the web anywhere? Do you prefer them to then visit your website? How can,
2: how can I you- would love for visiting my website? Feel free to contact me if you have questions, if you have things that you want to know about. My coaching situations are usually just three sessions where, okay, here's my challenge. Let's figure it out and work through it. So those are the type of situations that I like. Uh, please, in any public situation, conferences, chapter meetings, or whatever, I love interacting with organizers. They're just my favorite. And as you know, I just, uh, I don't want to say worship them, but they (laughs) are my, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm always, I'm always so excited to be around and learn from my colleagues. And I will, I have to say this, after 18 conferences, I still come home with gems and pearls of wisdom that I can use. And I think that that's really cool that if you go with the right attitude, no no matter how long you've been in this business, if you play it right, you're going to come home with more insight on the industry, no matter how long you've been doing it.
1: Standaline, you've been to 18 conferences.
2: Yes. Oh, you know something at this last conference when they were having people, how long have you been here? And I looked around the room and I was one of the last men standing. I was surprised. I didn't, I didn't realize that, but I still love it, still believe in it. And for a conference, whether or not someone has attended for 18 years, 20 years, or I love it.
1: That's such a great, it's a great resource for us to, to be able to convene every year with like-minded individuals and exchange ideas, exchange challenges, and just be with your peeps, right?
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean- just those elevator talks, the the little talks, you're you're sitting next to someone from a different state or a different country and you can get the best tip. I can't tell you how many great tips I've got. I call them my shuttle buddies. You meet someone on the airport and you're in a shuttle together and it's like, yay, you know, their experience and it's your first conference or other way around. I love that. And then you see them years later and their growth and it's fun.
1: Yes, it sure is. Sarah,
2: I had so much that I wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about, but I am so excited that I got to do this. Thank you so much. And my hope is that there will be at least one little, one little gem that people can get and use in their business. I love it. Totally has. I mean, I know that I could
1: be on here with you for another good hour or two, just just (laughs) filling filling my cup with wisdom because it's it's a never ending it's a never ending learning situations yes. for a business yes. owner, or even if you work for someone else within this industry, it's, it's, it's really a wonderful gift that you've shared with us today. So I know that I appreciate it and our listeners will as well. So listeners, I ask you, what can you do today, this week to make a change in your business for the better? At standalone said, are you being authentic to yourself? Are you building a business around your needs and your happiness or are you just creating another job for yourself? So I think that's a really important question to ask ourselves. And then going back to that client interaction, that walk, talk, do review, how that is, it's pretty powerful. Take what that means to you and see if that can't help you readjust your business to make your client interactions a little bit better. My name is Sarah Kayan. That wraps up this episode of Standout. So thanks for being here with me, learning with me. And if you like this podcast, if you're able to walk away with inspiration, we ask you to please leave us a review, let us know what you think, and make sure you're subscribing. And of course share it if you've got a colleague a friend anyone who can find this episode beneficial please share 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 we want to grow we want to reach as many industry professionals as possible and as many people who are interested in our industry as possible i look forward to hanging out with you next time so i'll talk to you then
0: that's all for this episode of Stand Out, brought to you by the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit NAPO.net to learn more about our educational offerings, our local chapters, and both certification and certificate opportunities. Don't miss an episode as we help you build the business you've always dreamed of owning.